Luke chapter 1 and verse 5, we'll read up to 7. Let's all read in one accord. And there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named who? Of the course of Abia and his wife was the daughter of Aaron. And her name was what? Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child. Somebody said they had no child. Because that Elizabeth was barren and they were both well stricken in years. And the church of God said, Amen. Tonight I will be uh, teaching on what I've titled, Test, Trials, and Temptations test trials and temptation um, is it possible for a child of God to go through test to go through trials to go through temptations what would be your answer all right now since you answered yes you've made my message very short should can we close the service now <laughs> Praise God. We have Pastor Frank that is here to worship with us. Let's put our hands together for him. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, church, every Christian, every child of God will go through tests. Every child of God will go through trials. And every child of God will go through what? Temptation. And so, I think from the beginning, let me give you, because most times we use these three words interchangeably we use them oftentimes people say I'm, I'm going through tests some people say I'm going through trials others say I'm going through temptation even though they sound like they're the same they, they're different somebody said they are different alright okay a test means proof to be proved by examination to be proved by what examination that means when you are going through tests, you are being proven by being examined or through examination. Somebody say amen. Uh, this is God's way of proving you in order to promote you. This is God's way of what? Proving you in order to do what? To promote you. Amen. This is a teaching class this morning. So I'm going to be asking a lot of questions to the congregation. And the person that has the answer should tell me. Amen. All right. Um, I mean, I, I look at right now, my son, I dropped him in school yesterday. And today, mommy dropped him. He's writing exams. Uh, they're doing tests. He's in matric. So they're writing exams. The reason he's writing exam is because he needs to graduate from school. To go into varsity. Amen. So, so let's, let's now ask a question. If he decides not to write matric, will he go into varsity? Are we together so far? Alright, so the reason why you go through tests is so that God can promote you. No amen now. Why are you scared now? Amen. So that God can promote you. Because the scripture we read says that it's, it's amazing how somebody can be serving God and they both love God, they both obeying God 
and the Bible said they have no child. That doesn't sound like God. Amen. It doesn't sound like God. God should give you everything you desire. All right. Okay. I know most of us don't like, you know, one of the reasons why I believe that most of us don't like school, it's not because we don't want to study or we don't want to go to school. It's because at the end of the school, you are tested. And that is the period that most people don't like. Amen. All right. Let me go to trials. What are trials? Trials are adversity that comes to reveal who you are. Trials are adversities that come to reveal who you are. Now, trials are usually inflicted by Satan, but permitted by God. Trials are usually inflicted by the devil, but is allowed or permitted by God. So God will allow you, allow some inflictions. He's not the one that brings the affliction or inflictions, but is he allows Satan to do so. Somebody say amen. All right. And then temptations. What are temptations? Temptations are enticement. Enticements that come against you to make you go against the word of God. Temptations are enticement that are sent to you or placed before you in order to make you go against God, against God's word, or against his will. So it's something that is luring you away from God, away from his word, and away from his will. Somebody say amen. What is that called? So we have test, number one. Number two, what else? And number three, what else? Temptation. So these three things are what we're going to be talking about today. Amen. Now, these three things can, they, they cannot work interchangeably. That's why I believe that most people use them. Because, you see, what happens is that uh, a temptation can happen in your life in order to also test you. Say amen. amen. So, you can go through a temptation for you to be tested. Are we together? A test can come out of a temptation or a trial. So, God will allow you to go through this test not because he wants to destroy you, but because he wants to do what? To do what? Are you, are you scared to say it? All right. Now, I said it before, whether you like it or not, look at your neighbor and say, you will go through test. Okay? Tell them again, you will go through trial. Tell them again, you will be tempted. Some of you went through these three things today. Amen, somebody? <laughs> All right, let's quickly go to the book of James chapter 1 and let's read what God's opinion about test, trials, and temptations are. James chapter 1 and verse 2. We're going to, all right, it's in the NIV version. It says, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you are faced with what? Whenever you are faced with trials of many, somebody say many. 
So we know that trials come in how many kinds? Many kinds. Many kinds. It's going to come in diverse manners. Okay? Because you know that the testing of your faith. Somebody said the testing of your faith. Okay? Let's, let's pause here a little bit. Now, the King James said, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, this one says... You should consider it joyful or be joy. It's a joy for you to go through test. It says because there is a test going on on your faith. Now, when you go to school, when you are in school, in secular school, why do they test you? Why do they give you examination? Who knows the answer? Who knows the answer? Lift up your hands. We are, please get me a mic. Today we are administering some questions to the congregation. Get me a mic and switch it on quickly. If you know the answer, why do they test you in secular schools? Help me quickly, quickly. So run, 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 run. You're walking like you are fasting. <laughs> All right. Yeah, hold the mic. Who knows the answer? Why do they test you? All right. Let's, let's look at the brother that is dressed so smart. All right. Let's see if your answer will be smart. Hallelujah. Why do they test you in school? Uh, to put you into another level. To put you to another level. To a higher level. To a higher level. Okay. That's not the reason why, what I'm looking for. Uh, but, well, it's, it's, it's half or it's 20% of the answer. All right. Somebody else? There's, there's a dickiness here. Who reads the Bible 24 hours a day? <laughs> Determine how much you understand. You understand of what you've been taught. Man, you deserve. Come, give, take hundred rand. That was the answer I'm looking for. Amen. That that, yeah. Just have some McDonald after service. Hallelujah. The reason why you are tested is to determine whether you understand what you were taught. Amen. You. <laughs> You realize that in a class, they, they give everybody exams and everybody comes out with different grades. That different grades is the level, the grade is determines the level of understanding. Amen. So the reason you are tested is for them to find out, did you understand what you were taught? All right. Now, for us in the kingdom, the Bible now says that we also go through tests. Now, the scripture that we just read, put it back on the screen. The scripture tells us what is being tested. Why are we tested? What is the reason? The reason you are tested because you know that the testing of what? So, so the reason why you go through testing to test what? In secular school, you, you are tested for what? For understanding. But in the kingdom of God, you are tested for what? for your faith so the testing the different grades what separates us into different categories or cadres in the kingdom is what is what alright okay I'm glad you got that it says because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance give me First Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 
First Peter 1 and verse 6. Quickly. Please, sir, hurry up. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. Glory to God. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, In all this you greatly rejoice. Or, well, the Amplified says, You should be exceedingly glad on this account, Though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer what? Temptations. Next verse. It says, so that the genuineness of your faith may be what? So why are you tested? To find out whether your faith is what? Whether your faith is what? Look at your neighbor say, is your faith genuine? Okay, I'm going somewhere tonight. Please follow me. Because uh, there, there is, you know, what, what led me to this partly was earlier in the week, uh, one of my daughters in the house, I don't know if she's here, uh, she may be, if you are the one, maybe raise your hand, she called me, her younger brother was just diagnosed of brain cancer, a tumor in the brain and she was given uh, three months to leave. Is, is that sister here? I don't know who she is, she's not in church, all right. I don't know who she is, but she called me. Now, she was in hospital and they just gave them the news. And she called me while she was crying. She was sitting in her car. She said she just walked out of the hospital and sat in the car. And she says, the question she asked me was, Daddy, I just want to know, how did you and mommy do this? He says, you know, I love my brother. And here is the, like the only thing I have that is precious to me. Just telling me that it's about to go in three months. And she says, you and mommy, you went through this and you still come to church and you preach to us. I want to know how did you do this? And you know, when, when she asked me that question, my answer was very straightforward. I said, daughter, these things happen. And the reason they happen is to test who you are. Amen, somebody. Because you see, it's so easy when it's very far off. When it's somebody else that's going through it, you're like, okay, yeah, that person was diagnosed of stage four. And, you know, we say it, now we, we even, we say it and for us, it's, it's no more, like, it's no more a battle. It's no more, the way, the way, we, we, because of the way we are living our life for us, so many of you don't even see us like we're going through anything. But somebody that just was faced with the same situation didn't know which way forward. Like, it's like her whole world just caved in. Now, you know, for some of us, because we don't prepare for test, trial, and temptation, most oftentimes, that's when we fall. And when we quit. And tonight, I pray by the grace of God that this message will help you to prepare. You don't want to say amen. You know, in the beginning, what was the first statement I made? Everyone here will go through test. We'll go through what else? And we'll go through what else? So it's not something you pray away. I'm going to show you in the Bible. 
that you don't pray it away. You don't cast it out. It will come. Somebody say it will come. All right. Praise God. All right. Quickly, I want to... Let's look at the three sources of test. The three source of test. That is where do test come from? What are the three places that test can generate from? What initiates test in our lives? Number one, God. Somebody say God. Number one, who? Oh, does God test us? Yes. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1. Genesis 22 verse 1. Everybody look up the screen and read with me. And it came to pass after these things that what happened? God did tempt Abraham. Another version, maybe give me another version. This one says tempt. But another version says, after this event, God did what? He tested and proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Next verse. God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell you. Somebody say amen. So here, why does God test us? The Bible tells us that God can initiate a test in your life. So God can. Somebody say God can. He can initiate a test in your life. Now, what is the reason for that? When God initiates a test, it is to prove you. To prove you whether you qualify for something better or something greater. Amen? Now, God does not need to do that for himself. He knows whether he knows all things. How many of you know God is omniscient? He knows he's the all-knowing God. He doesn't do that to prove to himself that you qualify. Now, the reason he does that is to prove to everyone, both in the realm of the spirit, spirit beings and human beings, that this one, the reason I blessed him is that he qualifies for it. You see, because it's so easy when God blesses Dickiness uh, Figile, Somebody can come, uh, Pastor Vero can come out and say, but Lord, why is, she, why is she the only one blessed? Amen. You can accuse God and say, God, why is this person blessed? Why not me? Why not her? Why not him? Then God will say, okay, the reason that she is promoted or blessed or exalted to a new or greater height is because she went through a test and she passed the test and she was promoted. Are we getting this now? Alright. So God can initiate a test. If you look at Genesis chapter, the same 22, go to verse 18. Go to verse 18. Let's, verse 16. Let's go to verse 16. Now, you all know what happened. Let me explain between verse 2 and verse 16. Abraham took his son. They went to Mount Moriah. When they got there, he stopped the servants and said, wait for us here. I and the lad or my son are going, we are going yonder to worship God. When he got there, he bound Isaac, tied him up, took a knife to stab or cut Isaac's truth so that he can burn him as a burnt offering to God. Just as he raised the knife to cut Isaac, 
God now called out of heaven. An angel of the Lord spoke out of heaven and said, Abraham, do not uh, kill your son. For now I know that you love me or you fear me. Okay? Now God said in verse 16, this, and he said, I have sworn by myself. Who swore by himself? God said, I have sworn by myself, says the Lord, that since you have done this and have not withheld from me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son, next verse, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Your descendants like the stars of the heaven and like the sand of the seashore. And your seed is we possess the gates of his enemies. Did you see that? This man, God initiated this test in order to prove whether he qualifies for this blessing, the multiplication, and he qualifies to be father of all nations. Today we are regarded in the, in the kingdom of God, Abraham is our father. Amen. The Bible calls him Abraham. Even heaven acknowledges that Abraham is our father. Because the Bible says if you be Christ, then are you what? Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. If you be The day you give your life to Christ, the Bible says then are you Abraham's seed. So when Christ came to die, he came to connect you back to, as the seed, to the seed of Abraham. And you see how powerful that is. How did he qualify to get to that position? Today we call Abraham in heaven, Father Abraham. Father Abraham. He qualified for it because he himself. Look at this in, in Galatians. Uh, he says, oh, okay. No, this is not where I want. I thought you were in Galatians. But nonetheless, he qualified for it because he was tested and he passed the test. He did what? He passed the test. Who else can initiate tests in your life? Number two, Satan. Somebody say Satan. Satan can initiate a test. Give me Luke chapter 22. Verse 31 to 34. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 34. Everybody look up the screen. Read with me, one, two, go. And the Lord said unto Simon, 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 behold, Satan has desired to what? That he may sift you as wheat. Let's look at what this says in the Amplified Version. In the Amplified Bible. Look at this in the Amplified. Everybody read one to go. Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has done what? He says Satan, oh boy. Satan has asked excessively for you that all of you be given to him out of the power and the keeping of God that he might sift all of you like grains. Next verse. But I have prayed for you, especially for you, Peter, that your own faith may not fail. Ah, boy. You know, this is not right. For me, you know, if I'm a child of God, Jesus loves me. He died for me. He, he, 
Everything he did, he sacrificed for me. Can you imagine? Satan comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I am asking for Peter. Jesus didn't say, no way you can't have him. Jesus said, oh boy, are you reading this? Go back to the previous verse. Just go back to the previous verse. He says, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given to him. Jesus didn't say, no, you can never have Peter. He's going to be an apostle. He's going to be one of the people that will, be, that will write the Bible. You cannot have Peter. It's impossible. Peter is mine. Jesus didn't say so. Jesus literally was telling Peter, he is going to have you. Are you all with me so far? Satan is placing a demand on Peter. Not, and Satan wasn't asking normally. He's asking excessively. Look at somebody say, Satan is asking for you. <laughs> I think that will help somebody tonight. Satan is asking excessively for you. <laughs> he says that he may, you may be given to him out of the power and the keeping of God. So he wants God's covering out of your, your reach. So that he can sift you as wheat. He can sift you. Now you know when you sift, those of you ladies who understand what is to sift. When you sift something, what do you do? Like you have a grain or you have something and you sift it, you shake it in a, you know those funnels that have holes or something. You shake it so that what you want actually can go down and what you don't want can stay in the funnel. Amen. Alright, so when you are sifted, the real you will go through the funnel. And the one God doesn't want will stay. Look at your neighbor say, you will be sifted. Hmm. Because some of us, we have, there is too much of ourselves, And a, a lot of times, God will allow a sifting. So that certain things can go off. Okay? So, we know that, number one, who can initiate uh, tests in your life? Number two is who else? Satan. All right. Okay. Number three, who else can initiate a test? Who else? Anybody? Give me an answer. Yourself. Okay. You got it right. You were expecting 100 rand. No, you are not. That was an easy question. Amen. Psalm 139 and verse 23. Please follow me. It will get better. Let's just go through this. Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. This is David saying to God, Search me thoroughly. Search me and see if there is any wicked ways in me. Search me, O God, thoroughly and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, church, you can initiate a test in your life. Say amen. 
most often times when we come before God, we say, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. You have just initiated what? Oh, you're not saying anything back to me. When you say, Lord, I can give you anything. How many of you, you, you look, some of the songs we sing. You know, when I listen to the praise and worship people singing, I know they don't know the meaning of what they are. Because some of them, after they finish singing, when they come down, they've, they've started a test. I can do anything for you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Anything you ask me, I will do. Where you lead me, I will follow. Really? <laughs> Before you sing that, you better think that where God leads you, you will follow. Are you sure? Where God leads you, you will follow. If God wakes you up and says, you should marry some guy you don't like, everything you want in a man is opposite of what he has. Are you sure? Okay. You won't say yes. I know. Hmm. There is nothing I can give you, Lord. All I have is yours. Really? All I have is yours? No, just, you know, church, we say these things. Um, you know, when I was preparing this message, there was a song that, that came into my heart. I even had to ask uh, Dikim Benji what it means. Um, what was that song I told you? Siyakutanda. No, it's not. There was something I had. It just, the, the song just flew into my heart from nowhere. Um, what was that? Huh? Oh, what was that song? Uh, mm, I've forgotten now. Ah, God, I should have written it down. But I, I called him. I said, what's the meaning of this song? Because it just, while I'm, I'm preparing this, that song just came into my spirit. Now, church, we say all these things to God. We, we say it. What we don't know is that the moment you say those things, you have initiated a test. You see this thing I tell you that I come here and I tell you I can never commit adultery. When I say it, I initiate what? A test. Because there is no promise you make to God that will not be tested. Anything you open your mouth to say, Lord, I love you. Some of you, you will tell God, you know, Lord, give me a job. I will give you 50%. Give me a husband. Lord, you will see me in church every day. Meanwhile, the moment you get married, we don't see you anymore. Hello? So you can initiate a test in your life. You can initiate a test. Now, I want to give you four reasons why test happens. Four reasons. Or, um, let me not put in four reasons why test happens, but what, what is test expected to bring out in my life? Let me put it that way. What is a test, a trial, or temptation expected to bring out in my life? Number one, will I continue to trust God? 
when I'm tested, will I continue to trust God? Test and trial makes a lot of people lose their trust in God. I've seen it many times. Oh, many, many. A lot of times people go through things and they just, when you hear them talk, when you hear them behave, you'll be like, was this this sister that used to be in intercession that could pray for 15 hours? What happened? Amen, somebody. A test. Will I still trust God? Will I still trust him? Many people stop going to church, stop prayer, stop all church activities when they go through things. Will I still trust God? Ask yourself that question. Somebody say, will I still trust God? In the midst of a test, in the midst of a trial, and in the midst of a temptation. Will I still trust God? Let, let's look at something that happened with somebody in the Bible. Job chapter 2 and verse 9. Job 2 and verse 9. Now look at this. Job 2 and verse 9. Quickly. You all know the story of Job. How Job was tested. The Bible says Satan came uh, when the sons of God were gathered. Satan was in the midst of them. God now began to say to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that is a man that fears God and eschews evil? He's a man that is upright and hates all evil things. And negotiation started. Satan began to say to God, is it not because you have blessed him and you have blessed all that he has? You have blessed the work of his hands and you have protected him? Why don't you put forth your hand, take all these things, Let's see if he will still trust you. What happened? The Bible says that God said to him, go ahead, take everything he has, and then, but only his life you can't touch. What happened? Next day, Job lost his whole, his whole entire conglomerate. His business crashed in one day. Next day, Job lost all his children, all of his children. You know, I'm thinking, if anybody loses all their children in one day, will you still trust God? You know, church, it's easy to read these things in the Bible. It's when you are faced with them that you realize, my goodness, somebody went through this and still trusted God. Now, it came to a point where Job's wife got fed up. Job's wife, probably she was a righteous woman. She used to come to church. She gave tithe. She prayed. She fasted. She did all that. She used to give to the poor. She did every. But let's look at when test came. Verse 9 of Job chapter 2. Put it for us on the screen. Then his wife said unto him, Do you still hold fast to your blameless uprightness? Put this in the King James Version. Give us the King James quickly. Everybody read with me, one to go. Then said his wife unto him, Does thou still retain your integrity? What do you do? Curse God and do what? You can't go through all this and still hold on to God. For what? That's what the wife was saying. The wife says, Are you going to go through all this mess and still hold on to this, your God? Your God seemed to have failed you. 
Your God is no more there. Your God has forsaken you. Your God has abandoned you. Why don't you curse him and die? Somebody said that's foolishness. Look at what Job answered in the next verse. But he said unto her, you speak as one of those foolish women speak. What? Shall we not receive, shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all these things, Job did not do what? That means Job kept trusting God. He kept trusting God. Church, life will throw you things as long as you keep living. You will go through things that you look at yourself, you wonder, should I live or die? Life will throw you those things. And the earlier you are pre-warned, the better for you. Test, sometimes trials, sometimes temptations, they don't pre-plan you. Unfortunately, in the school, in the secular school, there is timetable. So, the children know that they're writing tests next week. You see, for us in the kingdom, we don't know. This message I'm preaching now could be for somebody for tomorrow. You will just wake up in the morning and examination begins. What are you going to do? You have been prepared. So you wake up and, oh, okay, okay, this is what I was taught yesterday. Oh, this is what I was taught last week. Oh, okay, I see. This is what I was taught a few days ago. Amen. So that you don't give up. Will I still trust God when I go through these things? Will I still trust God? If Satan decides to afflict your body with sickness, will I still trust God? If you lose your job tomorrow, will I still trust God? You know, it's easy to say, I'm still trusting God. What if you lose your job and next two years you don't get another one? Will you still stay trusting God? You see, church, it's not what happens in one week. Anybody can endure for one week. Anybody can endure. Anybody. Look at how long we have been, we are believing God for my wife's health. It's now three and a half years going into four years. And we are still standing. Lord, we believe. Amen, somebody. Lord, he can take his time. That doesn't mean we say God does not exist. In the midst of all this, we are praying for people. My wife prayed for somebody, I don't know, over the phone yesterday. And the husband told me, he says, as soon as mommy hung up the phone, my wife for the for the first time, walk to the bathroom. Walk to the bathroom. Are you, uh, this person, she says the pain she was feeling is like her legs and her body, her waist and her body was disconnected. She couldn't move them. Now mommy, they called mommy, mommy prayed over the phone. In the name of Jesus, she was able to stand on her two legs, walk to the bathroom. Now the person that prayed, He's been believing God for three and a half years. So to say, God, heal me. Am, am I communicating? This thing is a mystery. So would you say she doesn't have faith? Would you say she doesn't have faith? So if she can pray for somebody over the phone and the person got their healing, what, what does that mean? That there is faith. Am I communicating? Ah, 
God help us. Church, I've seen many people abandon God. Oh, I've seen too many, too many, too many. Oh, too many sons and daughters of this house who went through trials. I remember one of my daughter who used to serve in this house. I mean, the husband was also a leader. They were both serving God faithfully and trouble came into their marriage. Okay, she came into my office and said, I want a divorce. I say, in this church, we don't divorce. <laughs> she came first time, second time, third time. I mean, on different occasions and say, I'm tired. I say, we... Did you, the question I ask is, did your husband cheat on you? She said, no. I said, no. If it's any other thing, we can fix it. And then what did they do? They left church. And she divorced the husband. The other day, I, I, I was in pick and pay. I told mommy, I said, I'm sitting in my car. I'm watching her. She came out with another man with his hand on her waist. And the man is a married man. I know, me and mommy knows the man's wife. Hello? We know them, uh, Jesus. You leave your husband for an, uh, you leave your own husband for another person's husband to put his hand on your bum bum. You are you are crazy. In Jesus' name, you you need healing. <laughs> Am I communicating? You you church people can leave God when they face stress. May you not be that type. I say, may you not be that type. I've seen too many things. Too many. Too many. You need to be steady in your Christian life. Come what may, Lord. I will trust you. My God. If something happens to you, will you still trust God? Number two. What is test looking for in your life? Number two, will I continue to hold on to the word of God? Will I continue to hold on to God's word? When there is delay in what you are believing God for, will you still confess the word of God? Will you still hold on to God's word? When there is a delay, you are believing God for something and it's not coming. Will you say to yourself, God's word does not work. Church, will you still hold on to the word of God? Will I still speak the word of God or will I begin to talk negative? Am I going to hold on? This word that I so believe in. This word that I know that is the word of the living God that I so believe and declare that this word is authoritative. This word is errorless. This word is powerful. This word, God has exalted it above his name. Will I still talk the word of God when I have to hold on for a long time waiting to, for what I'm believing God for? Will I still hold on? Will I still hold on to the word of God? A lot of people have disobeyed God's word because there is a delay. Most young ladies, young men in this church, well, maybe not in this church, maybe those watching online, let's transfer the blame somewhere, you know. <laughs> Most of them, they wait, no man is coming to marry them. What do they do? They get a boyfriend and start sleeping with the boy. They left God's word. Most young women will do that. Most young men will do that. 
He says, since I'm not finding a wife, let me just get a girlfriend and we start cohabiting or living together, start sleeping with one another. Is that the word of God? Is that the word of God? Why are you scared to say no? Will you still hold on to the word of God? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 35. Hebrews 11 and verse 35. Look at this. The Bible says some women receive again their dead. Some women receive their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Nezres. And others had trials of cruel mockings, scourgings, and yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. Let's look at Nezres. They were stoned and they were sown asunder. Were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Now, look at this. The Bible is telling us about people who are who we call the uh, halls of fame or faith. These are people who have become men and women who they have they have done it and we should look up to them. Okay? Now, here are they. The Bible is talking about all these people who have conquered things. It started in from verse 1 and told us what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that through faith we understand this word was framed by the word of God so that the things that we see were not made from things which do appear. And he says, by faith, uh, Enoch did this by faith did. then verse 6 he says but without faith it is impossible to please God for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him and then by faith he begins to tell us Abraham by faith this by faith that now he gets all that done to verse 35 he tells us in verse 35 that they were in the same people that had faith they were people they, these ones had faith they, they Go to verse 35, quickly. Verse 35, Hebrews 11. So that some women that had faith, through their faith, they had their dead ones got back to life. Okay? So through faith, they received their dead ones back to life. Say amen. So they are, through faith, they could raise dead bodies. In the same verse, the Bible says, and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they obtained a they might obtain a better resurrection so the bible is telling us some with their faith raised the dead or their dead were raised back to life but others they had faith their faith they were tortured but refused to accept alternatives or or what you what the, another word for alternative plan b So that they will obtain a better resurrection. So what does that mean? You have, son, two of you come. Come. Come to the stage. So you have, this is brother Molefe. By faith, he had somebody, a family member raised back to life. And the person is alive and we can see the person. On the other side, this guy has the same faith. Now they are stabbing him and choking him and told him if you denounce Jesus, we will not. He says, never. 
I will not denounce Jesus and he's killed so that he can obtain a better resurrection. That means go and be with the Lord. And the Bible says both of them have faith. You see church, this is why I need to teach you this thing so that you, when, when you don't, when all your life is about this and this doesn't happen and this is what you are facing, don't say there is no God. Because according to the record of the Bible, both of them have faith. So that means I can have faith to raise somebody back to life. And at the same time, I can have faith that when I'm tortured and I have to compromise, I refuse. It, it takes faith not to refuse compromise. Oh, you didn't say amen. It takes faith when somebody is telling you there is a way alternative. We can go the other route. It's quicker. It's easier. Let's escape all this trouble you want to go through. Let's make money. If you have an opportunity and there is opportunity for you to do fraud and make a billion rand as a child of God and you're earning a salary of 20,000, would you say, uh, you know, now, what the Bible is saying is it takes faith to say no to that fraud. Knowing that I can do this and in less than a week, I'll be a billionaire. Am I communicating? It takes faith to say no. It takes faith to say no to a compromise, to a plan B, to something that you know this would have been so beneficial. Because most Christians are not taught this. And that's why we think when we say people should share testimony, testimony is only, oh, praise the Lord. God gave me a car yesterday. Apostle will dedicate the car. Okay? Amen. How many will say praise the Lord to that? All right. Now, the alternative. This guy, let's say he's the most beautiful sister in House of Treasures. And a rich dude comes, one of the bras with pot belly, who is blessed financially, comes and says, Hello, Sisi Gunjani. Sikona. Sisi, I like you. You're beautiful. Hmm. Would you want a car? Uh, well, I do. I desire a car. It's one of the things I'm believing God for. Okay. Go to Bentley tomorrow morning and pick up a Bentley GT Continental 2021 model and meet me in the hotel. Son, you, are, you can't even pretend. You, you look like you want the car. <laughs> he looks like he wants... He said, hmm, that, that statement alone... Mm, that means I'm ready to go and pick up the GT Continental and meet you in the hotel. Amen, somebody. Church, it takes faith Amen. for this lady to say no. Because I'm standing on the word of God. Do you now get the picture? Thank you. Please go back to your... Put your hands together for them. Amen. Let me finish this thing. Our time is up. My God. Woo! All right. What is the third thing that F Test wants to bring out? Will I continue to keep 
my promise to God, my vows to God. Many of us make vows and promises to God and when we are in dire need or distress, we don't keep our promise. Church, we took a pledge the other day for these screens. Some people pledged and today they haven't paid it. The reason is because when they made the pledge, yes, I love God and I want to be part of the people that we sow for the things of God. But now, circumstances will, Satan will send something that will make sure you don't pay that vow. And then you now go through a test. Would I pay my vow? Would I keep my promise to God? Or withhold my vow and meet my needs? I'm just using that as an example. Will you still keep your promise to God when you go through tests, trials, and temptations? Will you keep it? I told you one day, I walked into uh, D&G in Diamond Walk, uh, Dosi and Gabbana, and I'm standing there trying to see if I can get something and just doing some window shopping. And so, two ladies walk up to me and um, the one of them says, Ooh, you are a manly man. Who? Brother, you know, when that is said to you by a lady, your ego is all over the place. Hello. Okay. So I'm thinking, where is this going? And, you know, they want to chat. I, I, I didn't have time, you know. And then I said, I said, please, I'm, I'm not. Uh... And they said, okay, 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 okay. Can we have a picture with you? I said, no, I don't take pictures just with any lady you meet. I don't know what they're going to do with the picture. Some of us are not wise. Amen. Now, church, listen. If I told those two ladies, meet me at Michelangelo upstairs, they fast. They would get there with 1,000 one, 1, kilometer speed. Amen. They've offered themselves to me. I, I was standing on my own. That's that church. Will you keep your promise to God when the opportunity shows up? Will you keep your promise? Because you will face trials in diverse ways. Remember, there are many trials, it may not be that, it may be true another way. God knows I've made a vow to Him that Mina, I will not defy myself. So, what happens? My wife goes to America for eight months to do treatment. Let's see if this boy will keep his word. Now there is no wife around. There is nobody to, nobody around him. He can do what he wants. He has freedom. Let's see if he will keep his word. Amen. Am I talking tonight? Church, will you keep your promise? What you said to God, will you keep it? Lord, I will serve you all my life. I will live a holy life. When you sing, if I live a holy life, God is watching. Will you live a holy life? Will you keep yourself? Lord, if you give me this job, I will give you 20% of the, every money I make from that job. 
then you get the job. 20%. Satan will take that 20%, make it bigger than this building. What do you do? Will you keep your word? Oh, honey. Hmm. With this ring, I did wed. I will love you all my life. I, you know, when I look at people making vows, when I lead them through vows, I just laugh. Sometimes I'm laughing inside. As I'm looking at these two people, I'm thinking, I hope you know what you are saying. I hope you know. We used to attend the home cell of a guy that was a top director in one of the government parastatals uh, when we were in our a church. Their home was, I think, somewhere in the hill, somewhere around there. It's, it was years ago, about 20 years ago, so 20 or 19 years ago. So the guy had an accident. That a big boy. I mean, these people are living well. I mean, if you get to their house, you know they're living well. They're really doing well. And the man had an accident and was on a wheelchair. One day we went for home sale. The guy sat us down. He says the wife has left him for another younger boy. Who said amen? God help you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know what that amen meant. Maybe it's a good amen. You know. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Holy Ghost fire. <laughs> Church. The wife has done what? Beloved, God forbid, if your wife goes on a wheelchair, will you be there? Brother, will you be there? Will you be there to push her around? Oh, I love you. I'll be with you all the days of my life. When you were making that vow on the altar, God was listening. Satan was listening. And that vow is going to be test tested. That's why many of you who have come to my office and said, I want a divorce, I will say no. Because you made a vow. Many of you know you wouldn't be married today if you were not members of this church. And eventually, because I said no, as time went on, things started getting better. Because it's just in the nature of men to quit on their promises. I make a vow. I made a vow to my wife. Nothing will change that vow. I am with you, whether in hospital bed, whether you are here, whether you are anywhere we are together. Am I communicating tonight? Because you see, these are things that we see today. Christians drop the next available negative thing that happened. They quit. They quit. Praise God. Should I quit because I, things are not working out the way it should work out? No. Look at Luke chapter 33, 22 and verse 33. Yeah, you guys can stand there. Just stand and let me know that I need to finish quick. All right. Luke 22 and verse 33. And Simon Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. What did Peter say? Are you reading it with me? What did Peter say? One, two, go. Both to prison and to death. 
my goodness. Read verse 34. And now Jesus now replied them, Peter, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou wilt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Peter just bragged to Jesus and said, I will follow you. I will, even if they take you to prison, Mina, I'll be there. How many of you know somebody like that? No, I, I didn't say you. You are not like that. You know. Maybe those online. People online, please forgive us. We're just using you, you know. They make you heaven and earth promise. Peter said, I will go with you. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, you don't understand. They, before the crow crows today, you will deny me. How many times? Three times. How many times? Go to verse 54. Verse 54, quickly. Quickly, so I can tie up this thing. Verse 54. Then took they him, so they took Jesus and led him and brought him into the, to the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off. So, first and foremost, Peter that said, I will go with you to prison. Now he's how, how far? Afar. Somebody said afar off. That's how I know people that are backsliding. Once I see somebody who used to sit in front, start sitting in the middle, all of a sudden sit at the back. Next thing they sit by the ushers. Oh, oh, oh. I know, I know, I know. I already know, I know. You know, people call me daddy. From daddy, they say sir. From sir, they say pastor. From pastor, Felix. I know, I know. Oh, don't think I don't know. I know. Backsliding has levels. Oh, it has levels. You think I don't know. Oh, now I'm opening your eyes. It's always like that. From daddy, oh, sir. From sir. Because they don't say daddy anymore. You are no longer there. From sir to pastor. From pastor to Felix. From Felix to that idiot. <laughs> oh, praise God. Next verse. And when they had kindled a fire into the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. He sat down among them. And next verse. And after a little, after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art one of them. So he said, somebody noticed Peter and said, You are one of the disciples. Mm. And Peter said, Man, I am not. You know, this was, the, Peter didn't answer gently. Man, I am not. Okay, next verse. And about a space of one hour, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow was with Jesus, for he is a Galilean. Next verse. Peter said, Man, I know not what thou art saying. Immediately while he said it, yet I think you jumped a verse. Three times he denied Jesus. And the Bible said the cock crowed. Beloved, keep your vows. Keep your promises. No amen. amen. Keep your vows. Keep your promise. If God brought, people have told me God brought me into house of treasures. And one little slight offense they are out. 
I have heard people say, I will die with you. This ministry, God sent us to hold your hands. Today, my hands are still up. I, I'm looking around to see who is holding it. They are nowhere to be found. They are nowhere to be found. Amen, somebody. The last one. Will I continue to do the right thing? Will I continue to do the right thing in the face of trial? Will I, will I make the right choices? Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. I'm going to just paraphrase quickly. Darius decided to choose a cabinet. Darius was the king. He decided to choose a cabinet. He chose a cabinet and after he chose this cabinet, he made Daniel to oversee all of them. And then the Bible says because a, a, an excellent spirit was found in Daniel. And the Bible says that afterwards, all the other uh, cabinet members decided, how can this guy just favor a foreigner? This guy is a foreigner. He's not even a Babylonian. He, he's, he's a Jew. How can the king just favor somebody who we don't know and put him in charge of all of us? Let's find something to pin on him. And the Bible said they decided, they looked for a way to pin something on Daniel. They could not find one unless in the law of his God. And they realized one thing Daniel does is prayer. Let's go and tell the king that nobody should pray in this kingdom for 30 days. And the king approved it. He gave an approval. The Bible says when Daniel found out that the king has signed the decree. If you go to verse 10. Verse 10. The king has already signed the decree. Quickly, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his window being opened in, the, in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he knelt down his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before, the God, before his God as he did a time. Somebody say as he did a time. So look at this guy. They made a decree that if you pray, we will throw you into the lion's den. How many people will do the right thing? Church, trials will come to find out whether you will do the right thing when you are tested. Will you do the right thing? Now, I want to share this scripture quickly as we close. Give me the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. All right. Everybody, let's look up the screen. I'm just going to read this and we'll close. The Bible says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to give glory, and I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Next verse. Let's read it quickly. Next verse, quickly, help us. I, know a man, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knew it. Such an one caught up in the third heavens. Okay, keep going. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of body, I cannot tell. God knew it. So he repeats this statement twice. Next verse. How that he was caught up in the, into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to alter. Next verse. Of such one will, of such an one will I give glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. Next verse. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me 
above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Next verse. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations that was there was a, a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So look at this. Now, this is what this is what Paul is saying. When God blesses you, when God increases you, when God gives you a gift, when God exalts you, a time may come when people will start exalting you above measure. People will start putting you up. Some people make you Jesus. You know, one of the things that people make pastors, they make us look like we are gods. We, we are not God. Hello? We are not God. You know some people call me by two in the morning and I say I'm sleeping, they are surprised. Are you crazy? What? You are surprised I'm, when you are sleeping. Some people are surprised. Somebody will see me eating, so you eat. Hello, I have a stomach like you. I have intestines that desire food. Amen, somebody. Paul said, lest I be exalted above measure. He said, I can even, even in this process, exalt myself above measure. So you find out that God will bless you. And after he blesses you, all of a sudden, he allows a messenger. He allows an agent of the devil. The Bible calls him a messenger of who? Satan. Now, what is that assignment of the messenger of Satan? To put a thorn in your flesh. Somebody say thorn. You know what is a thorn? A thorn is a sharp object that pierces you. A sharp object that does what? That pierces you. And the Bible says it will buffet your body. That means so, when something buffets your body, it's something that continually poke you. So that's why you see a lot of people, they will have one area of their life. Everything seems to be going well. And another area, there is a thorn. How many of you are aware? Uh, some of you, there is nothing wrong in your life. Oh, thank God. Please pray for me. Here, I am praising God and thanking the Lord and saying, Lord, thank you. On the other hand, I'm saying, Lord, hey, Lord, take this away. Take this away. Is there anybody in that position? Let me see those who will tell the truth. All right. This is what Paul was saying. So, now, when Paul found, when all these transactions were going on in Paul's life, for this thing, Paul said, I now went to God in prayer. I besought God, how many times? Three times. That it might depart from me. I went before God to pray. Lord, take this affliction away. Take this thing away. Take this side of my life away. How can... People see me, all these things are good. Right here, things are not going well. How can everything look so nice here? And on the other hand, at night, I'm crying. How can everything look so nice here? On the other hand, my husband is a thorn in my flesh. Because some of us, the thorn in your flesh is your wife or your husband. Okay, you won't say amen. You know the assignment of a thorn. Is to perfect you. And he said unto me, What did God answer? 
Please put it for us on the big screen. Verse 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he said unto me, When I prayed three times to God, and said to him, Take this stone away. What did God answer? My grace is what? For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities than that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what is Paul saying? He says, listen, when I tried begging God, pleading with God, praying, because every one of us will go through this process. And by communicating, whether you say amen or you don't, listen, all can be going well today. You know, I told you, test does not inform you. <laughs> Mommy said to me, I got a chest pain. I want to go to hospital. Went to Morbatten. They referred to, what is that one, baby? Mill Park, ne? Garden City. So she drove to Garden City. Went there, they said they want to do a biopsy. Did biopsy, result came out. Stage 4 lung cancer. Not stage 1, stage 2, stage 3, stage 4. That is examination. Unprepared. On what? No, we did, both me, I didn't think in that direction at all. He said, I besought the Lord three times so that he can take it away. And then God now says, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I will release my grace for you to go through this till the process is finished. Because church, as much as all of us want promotion, as, long, as much as all of us want increase, as much as all of us want prosperity, as, long, as much as all of us want success in diverse areas of our lives, there is a process to get there. God is saying the process is through test and trial. And if you are not willing to go through test and trial, get ready not to be promoted. Am I communicating? Church, that's why it's important for you now tonight, as we are rounding up, I want you to go before God and say, Father, give me grace. Let sufficient grace be released on my life to go through this season, to go through this thing that I'm going through. Whatever your thorn in the flesh is, if your husband is your thorn in the flesh, don't divorce. If it's your wife, don't divorce. It could be your children. It could be in your finances. It could be in something totally different that we all may not even know. What is your turn in the flesh? I want you to believe God for sufficient grace. I don't know who needs to pray this prayer earnestly tonight. So that God forbid, look, I don't pray for evil. But what if yours starts tomorrow? Are you ready for it? You will not quit. You will not give up. You will say, God, I heard a message. I've been prepared. Yes, the process is tough, but your grace is sufficient. Are you ready to pray? Rise up on your feet. Let's ask God for grace. In five minutes, Lord, give me grace, sufficient grace, to go through the season of my life. Give me sufficient grace. Are you ready? Open up your mouth and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we desire grace. Just like Paul. Father, we beseech you tonight. We beseech you tonight, oh God. Father, in our lives, Lord, some of us are at the stage where we are going through things that <clears throat> we are <clears throat> beginning to question. We are beginning to give up. We are almost quitting. 
Lord, we are beginning to ask questions. We are beginning to doubt in our heart. Our faith is failing. Lord, both night and day, the pain is becoming unbearable. Lord, we are asking that you give us sufficient grace. Give us sufficient grace. Lord, give us grace, Lord. Sufficient grace. You said my grace is sufficient for you. Father, make that grace available for us. Lord, tonight, release your grace. Upon this congregation, Lord, release your grace. Father, release your grace. Release grace upon us. We believe you for grace, oh God, tonight. Grace to go through the seasons. Father, seasons of trial, seasons of test, seasons of temptation. Give us grace, oh God. Pour out your grace. My God, my God, I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace tonight. I receive grace tonight. Grace, oh God, to go through the season of my life, to go through seasons, seasons of tests, trials, and temptation. I receive grace. My God, I receive grace. Somebody just believe him for grace. Let grace be released upon you and your family. Let grace be released tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Grace, oh God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.